These days, environmental catastrophes are a regular occurrence. Hardly worth even acknowledging. Best to just ignore them. I mean, sure, Category 5 hurricanes have gotten so out of hand that scientists are currently proposing adding a sixth category. <laughs> but it'll all be fine. Stop worrying. Mm -hmm. And yeah, in addition to those natural disasters, we've, also, we've got stuff like that big train derailment last year. But as we learned at the time, trains carrying hazardous materials actually derail all the time. Yeah. So it's not actually a big deal. Why is everyone making such a big deal out of it? Calm down. Calm. Much like with all the content on our streaming services, there's just so many environmental disasters these days, it's easy to take for granted. I mean, it seems quaint now, but back in the day, horrible events affecting the planet were a much rarer occurrence. So when one finally came along, it was the talk of the town. Yeah. And the biggest one for boomers and Gen Xers back in the 80s was, of course, Chernobyl. Before Chernobyl, there had been nuclear accidents here or there, but Chernobyl blew away the competition by forcing an entire town to permanently evacuate leaving behind a 1,000-square-mile exclusion zone that remains unsafe to live in to this day and for many years to come. It's also attached a seemingly permanent stigma to emissions-free nuclear energy. So, thanks for that. That's great. Chernobyl was a world-historic disaster, but on the bright side, it has allowed for decades of scientific research that would otherwise be <laughs> highly unethical. <laughs> Nobody wants a nuclear power plant to melt down and explode, but it did. And studying the results has yielded some interesting findings about what that kind of thing does to plants and animals. Yeah, so thank you, Chernobyl. Yeah, we're going to make the best of this horrific disaster by letting nature take its course and just seeing what, what happens. Just, just watch and wait yeah. and wait and watch. So it's usually the radioactive wild boars that get all the attention when we're talking about Chernobyl's mutant animals. Mm -hmm. But today we're going to talk about wolves. Mutant wolves. Werewolves? No, not quite. Ooh. Not yet. Give them a little more radiation and we'll see. There is no silver bullet for the mutant wolves. No, no, no. Mm. And folks, it is possible that this time Chernobyl is going to save lives. Here's Sky News. Kara Love, an evolutionary biologist and ecotoxicologist at Princeton University in the U.S., has been studying how the Chernobyl wolves survive despite generations of exposure to radioactive particles. Ms. Love and a team of researchers visited the CEZ in 2014 and put radio collars on the wolves so that their movements could be monitored. She said the collars give the team real-time measurements of where the wolves are and how much radiation they are exposed to. They also took blood samples to understand how the wolves' bodies respond to cancer-causing radiation. The researchers discovered that Chernobyl wolves are exposed to upwards of 11.28 millirem of radiation every day for their entire lives, which is more than six times the legal safety limit for a human. Ms. Love found the wolves have altered immune systems similar to cancer patients undergoing radiation treatment. But more significantly, she also identified specific parts of the animal's genetic information that seemed resilient to increased cancer risk. A lot of research in humans has found mutations that increase cancer risk, with the presence of the variant BRCA gene making it more likely a woman might develop breast cancer or ovarian cancer, for example. But Ms. Love's work has sought to identify protected mutations that increase the odds of surviving cancer. Okay, so yeah, that's pretty exciting news. Get you a little bit of radiation. I mean, Chernobyl was bad, but it might also give us a cure for cancer. So who's to say whether the Chernobyl disaster was good or bad? Not good, not terrible. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. It just is. Mm -hmm. Now, this research started a, a decade ago, so that cancer cure must be just around the corner by now. Except, oh, dang it. Due to safety concerns and travel restrictions arising from both the COVID-19 pandemic and the Russian invasion of Ukraine, 
where Chernobyl is, they haven't been able to get back there and get a better look at those wolves for several years. Mm -hmm. So yes, the historic ecological disaster caused by the USSR might cure cancer, but due to a historic plague and a Russian war, it's going to take a while. Well, don't worry. Tucker Carlson is on the case, uh, and he he really grilled that Vladimir Putin on his two-hour-long podcast. That was embarrassing. I'm surprised he even like published it. Yeah, it was kind of well. He did the uh, the classic move where you announce that you're doing something before you do it, so yeah. that way you have to post it. Yeah, that's. I, I don't think. Yeah, he. Exciting things about to happen. He just sits there and Putin talks over him. Gives like him, a child. Gives him the entire history of the Russian uh, nation and the Russian people and uh, throws in a few jabs at Tucker. He's like, oh, the CIA. Didn't you try to... You wanted to work for them, but they uh, they didn't hire you. Isn't yeah, that well, right? Good for both of us. That didn't happen because now you're here to wash my image. Yeah. And allow me to uh, literally just ramble on about shit for two hours straight while your audience presumably watches it, though... <laughs> At one point, he's like, do you ever feel like, uh, you know, like like God is on your side? And no. Like, he's like, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, that what sounds you crazy. About? You sound like a crazy person. <laughs> yeah. uh, it, it was... It's not even worth watching, folks. It is two hours of a uh, Russian dictator rambling. Yeah. And Tucker Carlson sitting... It, very impressive, though. You could have just freeze-framed the live Tucker reaction, and that was it the entire yeah. time. He His face has reached new levels of scrunchicity. Yeah. yeah, But look, moving on from wolves to another apex predator, bears. Specifically, black bears, who unlike their grizzly cousins, somehow managed to avoid being eradicated in most of the United States, and now function as basically giant raccoons that could easily kill you if they wanted to. But they're not looking for trouble most of the time. They they're just, just looking for a picnic basket. Yeah, just, just give, me the, give me the picnic basket. And sometimes it's many bears. Sometimes it might be one very large bear. Yeah, that's yeah. the fun of it. You never know. Most people living in areas with black bears simply do their best to simply not give them a reason to come rummaging around in their neighborhoods by leaving delicious garbage out for them. But over in Florida, one politician is taking a different approach. Here's The Guardian. A Florida lawmaker seeking looser regulations on the killing of wildlife has claimed that black bears high on crack are breaking into people's homes and tearing them apart. The allegation from Republican State Congressman Jason Schoaf whose biography reveals a passion for hunting, is bizarre even by the already unorthodox standards of Florida, which in recent times has boasted cocaine sharks and marauding herpes-ridden monkeys. We're talking about the ones that are on crack, and they break your door down, and they're standing in your living room growling and tearing your house apart, Schof told a meeting of the Florida legislature's House Infrastructure Strategies Committee discussing his House Bill 87, which would remove most penalties for killing bears without authorization. When you run into one of these crack bears, you should be able to shoot it, period. And you shouldn't have to pause or be afraid you're going to get arrested or harassed or pay fines. That's just crazy. Someone's crazy here, and uh, it might be this congressman. No, it's those bears. They're on crack. I feel like we would have heard a few more stories about uh, bears on crack yeah, smashing that's, through. That's my bread and butter. I multiple known about it. Uh, homes, apparently. Marauding, crack-addicted bears. How are they consuming the crack? I grew up in Florida and visit a couple times a year, and I've never heard of this happening. I have heard of boars. Bears, boars. Uh, Battlestar Galactica. And, yeah, there's no B word for alligators, but they got those two. Yeah. Balligators, biguanas. (laughs) Banthers. There you go. The Florida banther. Yeah. Banatees. Uh, So it sounds like uh, crackhead bears breaking into Florida homes. It must be a serious problem. I mean, gotta be. if you take this guy at his word, 
I am just going to assume yeah. that he doesn't actually just want to hunt wildlife <laughs> completely unrestricted. <laughs> no. Because that would be uh, a bit much to go and change the laws just for you. But uh, hold on, though, because as The Guardian notes, there doesn't seem to be a single documented incident of any bears in Florida consuming crack cocaine. And last year, there were only three recorded incidents of physical contact between black bears and humans in the entire state. Also, as you'd probably assume of this nation's most notorious stand-your-ground state, it is already perfectly legal in Florida to use lethal force against any human or animal if you reasonably fear for your life. I would venture to guess that in every state in this country, if a bear is in your house and you legally own a gun, there is no problem with you defending your life by shooting that bear. Yeah. I can't imagine, a, even here in California, I'm pretty sure they'd be like, oh, okay, you shot the bear. It, it was, was in your house. It was tearing things apart. It was on crime. It was coming for you. <laughs> uh, so if you manage to hit the statistical jackpot of having a black bear break into your house, uh, you, you, I feel like you could shoot it. Yeah, I, I mean, you, you deal with the paperwork afterwards. That's your lucky day. But despite nothing about this proposed law being based in reality, Representative Schoff's Republican colleagues, they advanced the bill. <laughs> this is important. Uh, we need to fast track this A bill. lot going on uh, specifically in the state of Florida, but this seems to be the most important thing. And it's just been. so obvious that it is. He's just, just, he just he wants, wants to, to be able to like hunt animals without any like just permitting. Just go down to the Everglades and hunt the the iguanas and the snakes. That they're, they're invasive and they're destroying yeah, the actual there wildlife. Are, like this is what gets me is like if you really want to like hunt animals, this country makes it so easy to one of the easiest. do that. Yeah. Like they they literally they depend on you. Yeah, having your desire to to take lives, they will tell you, hey, just make sure you shoot this animal that we have too much of. At this time At of year. At this time of year, yeah. and you like you know you keep track of you know how many you killed, and uh, and we're good. But that sounds like tyranny. This guy legitimately wants to fly around in a helicopter and shoot bears from it. I believe that one's on the crack cocaine. Yep, another says sprinkle some crack on the bear afterwards. See? Yeah. You look at that. What is that? That is crack cocaine. And that way you can always have a little bit on yourself because you're like, oh no, I picked this up off the bear. Mm-hmm. I was bringing it back to the authorities. This is bear crack. Yes. And I was just in the, in the process of taking and it And it's way stronger. Like bear it, mace, you, they, they are into yeah. the stronger stuff. It's bear strength. Yes. Look, I know we're all aware that these things, they're murder machines. But I'm out here doing my part. Right. I'm kind of a hero. Yes. Thank you for my service. Taking bears off the street and drugs off the Anyways, street. Anyways, God bless America and God bless the great sunshine state of Florida. Where nothing bad ever happens and it's all good time. May the sun always shine. And may the land always be above sea level. That's not going to happen. No, it's not. But we're not done with Florida just yet. Oh. Florida bears might not be the breaking and entering criminal masterminds that Florida's lawmakers think they are. But Florida man, on the other hand, is one crafty devil. Mm. He's out there inventing brand new crimes that non-Floridians would never even dream of. Stealing milk doesn't seem like it would be a very lucrative criminal enterprise, but you're not thinking like a Florida man. Mm. Here's NBC Miami. Six suspects have been arrested after Miami-Dade police say they busted a dairy products theft ring responsible for more than $1 million worth of stolen items. The six arrests were the result of an investigation dubbed Operation Got Milk, <laughs> Miami-Dade police officials said Wednesday. According to police, the six suspects were all employees of Island Dairy, a milk distributor that worked with MacArthur Dairy, a milk and dairy products company. 
Since 2021, the suspects, which include delivery drivers and a dispatcher for the island dairy, systematically pilfered more than $925,000 worth of milk from MacArthur Dairy, along with around $350,000 worth of crates, an arrest report said. They were trying to do that challenge where you walk over the milk crates. Oh, yeah. You I can't that do one. it. Yeah, you it's can't dangerous. do it. Dangerous. Don't do it. Didn't the guy die? I, I can't remember exactly, but people definitely got really, really hurt. I, I have one video burned into my brain where the guy falls off and then lands like on his ribs on the side of it. Don't ever try to walk over the milk uh, yeah. jugs, or not jugs, the crates. Folks. Yeah, yeah. The crates are for the milk. They're not for you. But, but wow, that must have been a lot of crates and a yeah, lot of milk. Yeah, this is like, generally when you're doing this kind of thing, you want something where the physical volume is small relative yeah. to like what you get for it. Whereas, I don't know what you're talking about. This is full fat milk. Like the, uh, the that milk is packed into those bottles. The dollars per square foot for milk, it cannot be good. No, that's a whole lot of fucking milk. They must have been taking like tanker trucks. <laughs> yeah, one of those. And then what, what are you doing with all the milk? Using like the Furiosa truck from Fury Road, but yeah. it's just filled with milk. And then who's buying the contraband? Uh, the the milk guzzlers of Florida. Man, that's wild. That's a lot of milk. It is. Well, you know, with Bidenomics, that's actually just a couple of gallons. Yeah. Got him. This guy's actually, these these people are the Red Riding Hoods. Or the, sorry. The, the Robin, Robin Hoods. Hoods. <laughs> They're the Little Red Riding Hoods. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, here's a little bit more on how exactly these dastardly dairy dealers made their milky millions. <laughs> Police said the suspects would manipulate the ordering system, causing extra dairy products to be loaded onto the distribution delivery trucks. Once out for delivery, the drivers would deviate from their pre-assigned routes, meet with another individual, and transfer the extra dairy products to their delivery truck, police said. One suspect said each stolen milk carton was sold for $10. What? The arrest report... That has to be like a pallet. Also, this whole... A carton of milk... I thought I was going crazy. I haven't bought like real fucking cow milk in years. Yeah. So I, I, I was like, I don't know, maybe it is $10. Like, no, it's still like, it's two, three dollars. Yeah, it's weird that the, anyways, the whole operation, the, the, the scheme they were doing, very mob coded. Yeah. This is like straight up, like someone I got moved a lot down of there from, milk. Oh, a cup, a little bit of milk fell off the milk truck. Uh, yeah. If you know what I mean. They're weighing it. it, it it's literally like the, the meat truck in Irishman. Yeah. This was an organized crime, basically, where they were working in unison to steal products from a company, and obviously the person receiving those products was selling stolen goods. Miami-Dade police detective Luis Sierra said, What do you want? I got pasteurized. I got unpasteurized. Yeah, I mean... Full milk. So if they... Skim. So if they stole, like, a million dollars worth of milk, and I'm again, I'm going to assume that like the $10 was for like a pallet or something. It wasn't for, but like, even then, like, I mean, I guess they, they are, they're making money, but it can't, it just doesn't seem worth it. That's that, that would have to be so much fucking milk. Yeah. That's a lot of milk to go missing and, and then be sold on a, a assuming like a black market And like, or does the $1 million, is that in like wholesale milk money or in retail milk money? It, it ha- first of all, it has to be retail. Second of all, I'm so curious as to who was buying this milk. Hey, man, I got it. <laughs> look in the trunk. Yeah. Yep. That, by the way, uh, this operation took a while. That expires in three days, so you're going to want to drink it right yeah, now. Yeah, I really need to get rid of this milk. Yes. Why did I t- decide to do milk? Of all products. It is... Uh, it is not shelf-stable, and it takes up a lot of space. What am I doing? 
I gotta try this milk. Yeah. Anyway, speaking of things that are blindingly white, it is time to discuss Elon Musk once again. Got him. We, of course, covered lots of the latest annoying bullshit from Elon World in this week's Tech News Day, but we neglected to talk about a Wall Street Journal article published last weekend that was basically a follow-up to that story from last month about how Elon Musk is pretty much constantly on drugs. I mean, that wasn't a surprise at all, and it's basically what we assume is true of every Silicon Valley rich guy. But this latest article ties in Elon's drug use with those recent findings in the Delaware Court of Chancery, where it was determined that all the big shots at Tesla are more loyal to Elon Musk than they are to Tesla's shareholders, which is a problem if you are a publicly traded company. Yeah, so it's a long and interesting article about the weird cult of personality that Elon has created for himself among his executives and board of directors, but this paragraph stands out. The volume of drug use by Musk and with board members has become concerning, some of these people said. In the culture Musk has created around him, some friends, including directors, feel there is an expectation to consume drugs with him because they think refraining could upset the billionaire, who has made them a lot of money, some of the people said. More so, they don't want to risk losing the social capital that comes from being close to Musk, which for some feels akin to having proximity to a king. So yeah, imagine you are a grown-ass adult worth millions of dollars, and you are experiencing peer pressure to do drugs with your boss. Well, this is that, I don't know if he's being this nefarious about it, but it's that situation of like cooperative law-breaking or having like something to hold over someone where it's like oh. Elon's like, let's do a bunch of drugs, and now like yeah, we both can't go talk to anyone else about this. It's training day. Yeah, I didn't know you liked to get wet. Yeah. It's like if you if you blow the whistle on any of this, I'm gonna ask for a drug test tomorrow, and they're gonna and they, then you're gone test, too. Yeah. Like yeah, like you have a family and stuff like that. It would be a real shame if they knew you were in a cave. I don't think it's weekend. like that though. This is uh, something you run into, uh, especially in your youth. Uh, the guy with a lot of money. And not a lot of friends. Yeah, he desperately who, uh, wants to be like. <laughs> he's like, hey, he's like, I got free drugs. Oh, do you guys like weed? I have like pounds, a of fucking it. ounce of weed. Come smoke with me, and you're like, God damn it, I have to smoke with this boring asshole. Yeah, no, I get the pr- I get the pressure too on the employee side too. It's just like, okay, it's being like friends it, with him will get me higher in this company, or at least when layoffs happen, he'll second guess. Yeah, because we had a moment. It's the billionaire version of like the work culture in. South Korea and Japan, mm-hmm. where you work like 70 hours a week and then your boss is like, all right, we're going to the bar. And you're like, wait, but I have a family. And they're like, nope, we're all going to the bar. All right, you drink, uh, drink again. I, I mean, that's how it's been in every actual real job I've ever had is you uh, even back to like Applebee's, like you, you hang out with management afterwards and like act cool mm-hmm. so that they don't fucking fire you or yeah. like. Same with Machinima or the other like production companies I worked at. It's like, yeah, you fucking hang out with the boss who wants to go drinking, and that way they fucking like you and don't want to get rid of you. Yeah, it's like a you're creating a safety net around yourself. Everyone says it's hard work. No, it's just you just brown knows your way to the yeah. top. Yeah. Um, anyways, uh, yeah. Speaking of egomaniacs, though, uh, there's been plenty of Trump news this week, but here's some more that you missed. Roberta Kaplan is a lawyer who has basically found her niche as someone who helps people sue Donald Trump. And she's recently been very successful at it, having fleeced Trump for $83.3 million in that E. Jean Carroll defamation case a few weeks back. She was on a podcast recently and told a story about what happened one time when she was at Mar-a-Lago for a deposition and rejected Trump's request that they skip lunch. Here's CNN. 
And then you could kind of see the wheels spinning in his brain. You could really almost see it. Kaplan told Republican strategist Sarah Longwell and conservative attorney George Conway, a longtime Trump critic. And he said, well, you're here in Mar-a-Lago. What do you think you're going to do for lunch? Where are you going to go to get lunch? Kaplan said she told him that his attorneys had graciously offered to provide her team with lunch, a common civil practice between opposing legal teams. At which point there was a huge pile of documents, exhibits sitting in front of him, and he took the pile and he just threw it across the table and stormed out of the room, Kaplan shared, adding that Trump specifically yelled at his lawyer, Alina Haba, for providing them lunch. He really yelled at Alina for that. He was so mad at Alina, she said. Kaplan continued, he came back in and he said, well, how'd you like the lunch? And I said, well, sir, I had a banana. You know, I can never really eat when I'm taking testimony. And he said, well, I told you. It was kind of charming. He said, I told you. I told them to make you really bad sandwiches, <laughs> but they can't help themselves here. We have the best sandwiches. I said, do a worse job, and they couldn't do it. I told my chefs, poison this woman. And they're like, no, Mr. President, I'm too proud of my work. <laughs> I, it's, not, it's simply not possible for me to make food that isn't the best. Not only am I proud of my work, I am proud of this establishment where I am blessed to serve it, sir. It's sir. incredible. <laughs> Uh, I would not accept a meal from Donald Trump. Yeah, I'd be suspicious. Mm -hmm. Unless it was that delicious looking taco bowl. The taco bowl from Trump Tower, New York. <laughs> I love Hispanics. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta try that one. Uh, also, yeah, there's a, a second anecdote about how petty our former president is. We come in the room and I say, I'm done asking questions. And immediately I hear from the other side, off the record, off the record, off the record. So they must have planned it. And he looks at me from across the table and he says, See you next Tuesday, she recounted. Did he call her a cunt? Yeah. <laughs> Kaplan said that she was initially confu confused as their next meeting was set for Wednesday. <laughs> you could tell it was like, it was like a kind of a joke again, like teenage boys would come up with. But again, I wasn't in on the joke, she said. I wasn't in on the joke, so I had no idea. Then we get into the car and my colleagues are like, Robbie, do you know what that means? And I'm like, no, what are you talking about? They tell me and I'm like, oh my God. Thank God I didn't know, because had I known, I for sure would have gotten angry. There's no question I would have gotten angry, Kaplan said. I like the idea that this is something Trump just learned. Yeah. He's like, oh, that's good. It's like saying so, uh, it, but you're not saying it. See you next Tuesday. Yeah. See you next Tuesday. Mm -hmm. Brilliant. Brilliant maneuver, sir. I just called her a cunt, and I don't think she knows. Wow, sir. Amazing. We love you. Now bring me one of those sandwiches. Oh, that's so good. Ugh! The best you've ever had. Oh, yeah, side note that I don't think we mentioned before, but that uh, the, the trial or the, the court case in the Delaware Court of Chancery, that was initially kicked off by, like, a metal drummer who bought yeah, just yeah. enough shares to be able to he do it. He had, like, one or two shares, I think. Yeah. And that, that is, like, one of the great things about how our, uh, you know, stock market system in this country works is anyone who owns any shares has standing yeah. to bring this kind of legal action against a company. It's not... They don't check to see that you're like a big investor. As long as you are invested at all, you can do this. And uh, for this guy, he he uh, robbed Elon Musk of like $55 billion. So being pretty a, cool. Being a Karen and complaining at the counter to the service worker is tired. You know what's yeah. wired is getting angry at a company, then buying a couple yeah. shares of stock and showing up at the meeting and having them change their entire business model or ruining the CEO's life. It's much more satisfying. Yes. Than, you have to play the long than game. Than taking out your aggression on wage earners. You, you want to, 
You want to really be petty, you, uh, you, you launch a shareholder lawsuit against a major company. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, meanwhile, this past week, Trump decided to change things up on Truth Social. And instead of yelling about Nikki Haley and all the lawsuits he's embroiled in, uh, he posted something way more along the lines of what he used to post to Twitter back when he was just the apprentice guy. Some of his best posts. Mm-hmm. Here's a new post. For so many years, people have been saying that Elvis and I look alike. <laughs> now this pic has been going all over the place. What do you think? Along with a, a split screen of Trump and Elvis's faces. Everyone's saying I look like Elvis. The king, they call the him king. the king. Uh, so our knee-jerk reaction to this was, uh, of course, no, you fucking don't look like Elvis. No. What are you talking about? But maybe that was just our emotions getting in the way of the facts. So we photoshopped Trump's hair onto Elvis. And yeah, no, you still don't look like Elvis at all. What are you talking about? But of course, you know, Elvis died young. So maybe the comparison works better with pictures of Trump when he was younger. Except no, sorry, still definitely does not look like Elvis. Mm. Three strikes, you're out. You only look like Elvis in the sense that all white people look alike. Trump will one day resemble Elvis as he dies on the toilet. You said it. Moving on now, though, uh, to a quick update to last week's story about the enhanced games, which are basically just the Olympics, but with no rules against performance-enhancing drugs. Here's The Guardian. Organizers of an Olympic-style event for drug-taking athletes say they will pay retired Australian swimmer James Magnuson $1.5 million if he can break the 50 meters freestyle record. Magnuson is the first athlete in the world to publicly flag interest in competing at the Enhanced Games, founded by Australian entrepreneur Aaron D'Souza. I have kept myself in reasonable shape in retirement, Magnuson told a sports podcast. The Enhanced Games have said they have a billion-dollar person backing them. If they put up $1 million for the 50 freestyle world record, I will come on board as their first athlete. I'll juice to the gills, <laughs> and I'll break it in six months. Magnuson won gold, silver, and bronze medals at Olympic Games in 2012 and 2016, and is a dual 100-meter freestyle world champion in 2011 and 2013. Okay, so things are happening. Let him swim. But it's still... It's like, okay, he does this and he breaks the record, and it's like, okay, well... If Michael Phelps was on the same gear you're on, he'd beat that record. What are you proving? I mean, for the backers, his point stands. If someone with that much money is backing these dumbass games, a million dollars is a drop in the bucket for marketing. Yeah, I mean, like, yeah, you're an Olympic swimmer. They don't make a ton of money unless they get, like, brand deals and stuff. And once your career is over, it's like, I hope you have, like, a degree or invested your money, right? So... I mean, look, it's an opportunity. I respect it. Get in there, make that $1.5 million, and uh, yeah, you're kind of set for quite a while, if, as long as you're not an idiot. And yeah. Um, yeah, no disrespect to this guy. He sees an opportunity, and he's taking it. Yeah, and it's one more chance to, to reach that peak. There's a lot of talk about how Olympians, uh, whenever they do win their medals, it's actually a, a, an incredibly depressing experience because yeah. they've worked their entire life for something and they've mm. achieved it. And it's like postpartum depression. It, there's nothing left <laughs> to do. Uh, yeah. yeah, well documented. I think uh, Michael Phelps, in fact, is one of the people who talks about it. Yeah, no, it's you dedicate every moment, like everything you eat, every, like your entire, your entire life for, from, from like, childhood. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and then once, it's over. Once it's over, it's like, okay, well, um, what do I do? That's, I mean, it puts you in the mindset of someone like Tom Brady. Who's like, he took a year off and was like, oh, God, no, no. Yeah. Well, he took a year off and he's like, I spent. I should take all my money and put it into crypto. He's like, I should spend more time with my wife, my super hot wife. 
wait, I don't think we even like each other. We should get divorced. Yeah. This was a lot more fun when I was playing football half the year. Yeah, and then also he's lost a bunch of money in crypto. Yeah, that's um, true. But yes, no, that is a real phenomenon with athletes where they're just <laughs> like, well, what now? Well, now you got the enhanced games. That's right. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Peter Thiel. Peter Thiel, thank you. Yeah. Anyway, before we move on to the headlines half of the show, it is time to let you know that this episode is sponsored by Factor. Mm-mm. Factor's delicious, ready-to-eat meals make eating better every day easy. Wherever tomorrow takes you, be ready with pre-prepared, chef-crafted, and dietitian approved meals delivered right to your door. You'll have over 35 different options a week to choose from, including keto, calorie smart, vegan and veggie, and more. And there's even more to enjoy with over 55 nutrition-packed add-ons that help make your weekly meal planning even more delicious. Had an amazing herb, herb, crusted chicken Mm. for lunch today. Mm. Mm. And green beans, and they had garlic shavings all over them. They also sent me a big old pack of smoothies, too, this week. Where am I, (laughs) Mar-a-Lago? Hey, we got the best smoothies, folks. So what are you waiting for? Get started today and have a feel-good week of meals ready to go. Fuel up fast with Factor's restaurant-quality meals that are ready to heat and eat whenever you are. Discover a wide variety of easy options for the entire day like breakfast, midday bites, and more. We've done the math. Factor is less expensive than takeout, and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. Factor is the perfect solution if you're looking for fast, upscale options done easily. Get as much or as little as you need by choosing 6 to 18 meals per week. Plus, you can pause or reschedule your deliveries anytime. Factor meals are 100% ready to heat and eat, so there's no prepping, cooking, or cleanup needed. Head to factormeals.com slash weeklyweird50 and use code weeklyweird50 to get 50% off your first box and two free wellness shots per box Mm. while subscription is active. That's code weeklyweird50 at factormeals.com slash weeklyweird50 to get 50% off your first box and two free wellness shots per box while subscription is active. Wow. Well, let's move on to the craziest, weirdest, wildest headlines from around the world this week, starting right here in these United States. None of these candidates defeats Nikki Haley in Nevada Republican primary, NBC News projects. Yeah, this was this obviously this happened earlier in the week, and it was so such a non-story that we didn't really talk about it. It was but, uh, funny to see that no candidates came out on top. Yeah. Which is also, this almost works in her favor because the headline and stories unless you see it visually, sound like a positive to her? No How? one beat Haley. I guess. Yeah, that's true. Not one of them defeated that's Nikki why Haley. Her slogan is, no one can beat me. But yeah, so Nevada had like a primary and a caucus. Even though, So the caucus, the Republican Party, they were like, the caucus is the only one that matters. We're not even going to look at the primary. Mm-hmm. Trump was in the caucus and obviously won. Mm-hmm. The primary that is, I guess, entirely pointless. Nikki Haley was on that, but Trump wasn't. And Trump's fans are so petty that they showed up. They still showed up to the primary just to be like, nope. The guy I want, not on this list. She needs None to, of them. She needs to embrace it. No one can beat Nikki Haley. No one can and has beaten Nikki, Nikki Haley. That's right. Bachelor Joey Graziati confuses Gypsy Rose Blanchard for Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Hell, I do too. <laughs> They both, RGB, GBR, GRB. Ah, who can keep up? He was doing some like TikTok challenge and it was a picture of Gypsy Rose Blanchard who's, who's uh, famous for uh, having her mom murdered and being uh, more Pretty justified morally in, in yeah. the right yeah. for doing so. Mm-hmm. Uh, that woman deserved to die. Um, but uh, yeah, he saw a picture. He's like, oh, this one I know. What's her name? Uh, Ruth 
Ruth Bader Ginsburg. <laughs> That's so bad. If it was like if he had gotten like the the you know the RBG thing instead and like mixed that up, it's like whatever. But no, you just said her full name. I'm but so glad Ruth Bader Ginsburg is finally out of prison. She, you know, you know, it wasn't right what she did, but she was in the right. Uh-huh. Ruth Bader Ginsburg's mother deserved to be brutally murdered after what she did to that child. I mean, the contestants on The Bachelor are. Yeah, they're not. They're not on there for their brains. No, they're on there to make us laugh, cry, and think. Yeah, yeah. I think he's a tennis pro or something like that. Oh, I had it on in the background. Yeah, that's a good week. bachelor job. Yeah. What are like? It's been like what fifty seasons now. What What are the most common like bachelor jobs? There's been fireman. Yeah, that's obviously fireman. There's been yeah. race car driver. <laughs> okay. There's been. I'm trying to. Remember. Construction, I would imagine. So when the, when or they're like the main when they're the main characters, it's always something like that. It's like yeah, general contractor, yeah, like yeah. something that's like you can really sink your teeth. HVAC. Into. <laughs> yeah. I have an HVAC. You business. wouldn't believe how much business I got. The world's heating <laughs> up. No. no, but uh, the the funnier ones are when it's like the contestants. Yeah, uh, it's more funny like uh, just w- when the guys are going after women because they like I don't know if they've I've seen this the other way around, but the they change the guys like jobs every once in a while. Like one will say like influencer one week and then the next week it'll be like uh like hopeful sous chef or something like that. Yeah, like, no, he's an actor. Yeah, that's yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. They do this a lot. I've known people who have gone on like game shows and stuff, and uh, the game shows they don't like putting like actor or screenwriter yeah. under occupation because so many um, carpenter. Yeah, so they <laughs> just like they fucking lie. They just yeah. like have you ever had a job that wasn't in entertainment? And they just put that down. It's like oh, he's a he's a teacher. Yeah. He's a camp counselor. <laughs> I need to catch... I He's a lifeguard at the local pool. I haven't watched Bachelor, like, watched it, watched it in uh, a season or two, but uh, once you... But if you get locked into it, it is funny just, like, because the stories are just so dumb. Everything that happens in it is just so dumb and manufactured that it's, like, hard not to... It's like a nighttime soap opera. Uh-huh. I've had better things to watch recently. Fargo was great. Um, it was. Um, you know, and others. Yeah. Oh, I've been watching. I already talked about. It. I've been rewatching X Files, which is fantastic. Oh, nice. Yeah, it's a good show. It is. Sure, the left has Taylor Swift, but we have Cat Turd. Yeah, this headline obviously comes from a a right wing outlet. This is from Blaze Media. But you wouldn't be it, if the Onion a, wrote this. You would have yeah. completely understood. This is some. Uh, the only word to describe this would be cope. Also, like I, the left has Taylor Swift. No, we don't. Like Taylor Swift, she remains like politically about as neutral as any sane person can be at this point. Like she's obviously not a fan of Donald Trump, but like that's about it. She's not on the left. No, it's <laughs> not the left. And yeah. I do like I find it interesting that like the conservatives, there's like no, not even an attempt to like I don't know, try and persuade her to their side. It's like nope. Sorry, she's a leftist now. Now we have to try to destroy her. Destroy Taylor Swift. Call Cat Turd. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, the article is, it, it's, it's a massive cope and it's like, well, like, you know, they have Taylor Swift, but she's like famous. We have Cat Turd, a normal guy. You know, he's, he's, uh, he's, he's, uh, he was working construction, listening to Rush Limbaugh and that's how he got red-pilled and look at him now. He just, he's visiting Tucker Carlson. Elon, <laughs> yeah. Elon. Not anymore. Him and Elon, uh, yeah, friendship ended. That was like months ago. I know, I know. But it was like uh, the first, the first round of payouts. He got like ten dollars, and he was like, "All right, fuck this shit." He's still yeah. giving him eight dollars a month, though. So, uh Cat Turd's one of those people. Like, is even like R- Ron DeSantis would be like, "Ugh." It's like when when yeah. Trump is like, "Please, uh, 
all these people don't come to Mar-a-Lago. We have an image to uphold here. Right. Well, Trump's like, he'll go on Twitter and be like, thank you, cat turd. Very cool. But like, <laughs> Please don't come near me. Yeah, no, that's he doesn't want cat turd just yeah. in the same room as him. Mm-hmm. A rent-stabilized one-bedroom apartment for $1,100 in NYC? The broker's fee is $15,000. This is a whole thing. I didn't know this for a long time, but in New York City, you can't just, like, go on Zillow. Like, you legally, you have to get a fucking uh, a broker. Hmm. You have to hire a broker to act as a middleman when you're searching for an apartment. That which, sounds like, so frustrating and, like... Yeah, so, like, on the that, one like, hand, I can see how, like, something like that would help if it was done correctly Mm -hmm. but in this case it just seems like it's a racket yeah it's a fucking racket again mob mob coded and in this case it's like oh we found this uh this rent controlled apartment it's eleven hundred dollars like gosh it'd be real nice to have this but it's gonna Uh, cost you i mean if you're the type of person who can afford uh, an apartment in new york city Getting into a rent-controlled place at oh, that yeah. price, that's like, the dream. hand over the 15K because there's that's going to last you your entire lifetime. There's a, a Seinfeld episode. Never move. There's a Seinfeld episode about this where, like, Jerry's aunt, like, dies or, like, decides to move to Florida. I can't remember what. And, like, Elaine is, like, just, like, on a fucking mission to yeah. get that lady to, that's like, a trans- very real emotion. transfer, the, like, her apartment over. Yeah. That's the, they, I believe at some point they explained away the friends' apartments by saying that they were passed down and rent controlled. They have to have been. That's why, that's the justification for how they could afford to live there. Yeah, it'd have to be. Um, But yeah, I mean, that, look, if you're, if you're fine with living in that apartment for the rest of your life, the 15K, considering like an apartment that size, I would, I would assume it's like $3,000 in New York City. But we don't, I mean, one bedroom. That could be like you open yeah, the door and it's the like, definitions like they have whole categories of apartments in New York City that you don't see here where it's like it's literally a closet and they're like, yeah, there's no bathroom either. You got to like go downstairs two flights and uh, there's a single bathroom that everyone in the building shares. Yeah, I, I remember visiting <laughs> my friend when we were like we were both younger and like he was just getting started out out there. And uh, I went to his apartment uh, to like we, we weren't going to stay there long and I, I found out why. Like you open the door. And it's like you open the door and you're in the kitchen. Yeah. And then on the side, it was one like not even normal size bedroom. It was like one pretty small bedroom that had a fucking wall built in between. And it was two bedrooms and they were literally big enough for the bed. Just like put up some fucking sheetrock. You're like, okay, now it's a two bedroom apartment. That's what it was. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, It's fucking wild. Uh, It would be cool to be able to live in New York, but... uh, I'm too old for that shit. And uh, I saw one on Zillow here in uh, L.A. It was uh, I was looking at it. I'm like, holy shit, one hundred and eighty five thousand dollars. And it's like a picture of a house. And you click on it and it was for the RV parking next to the house. So you could part. You could pay one hundred and eighty five thousand dollars to own this slab of concrete that you could park your RV on. I mean, that's uh, that's very New York City coded because (laughs) they also uh, parking spots in New York City, like private parking spaces. That should be a luxury, though. It, yeah, yeah, it should be. It, yeah. it should be something that your average person doesn't need, and mm-hmm. your average person in New York really doesn't, doesn't need it. Need yeah. yeah. Anyways, let's move on from uh, city talk. Flashlight damages fourteen million dollar F thirty five fighter engine beyond repair at Luke Air Force Base. Yeah, and did they drop it into it or something? I don't know. They're they're not clear about what exactly happened. Like it sounds like the flashlight. Like the light itself might have like damaged components in it that Damn, like that were light, light sensitive. Yeah, I don't know, but uh, 
They bricked the, the F-35. Whoopsie. What a great jet. Hasn't yeah. given us any problems. It's really, it's a next generation fighter uh, plane. It, it does it all. And folks, we're so lucky to have the F-35. How are we going to live without this one F-35? Please, Lord, just let us nuke Iran one time so I can see these F-35s flying. So tired of seeing them uh, banished to just flying over sporting events. Yeah. That is. Like, they should let Taylor Swift fly one of the fighter jets over the Super Bowl. Yeah, I mean, if they're they're already up there, <laughs> she's got she's got to get there really fast yeah. anyway. You're already gonna have the F-35s flying around there. Put Taylor Swift in one. They could have got. They could have chartered a F-35 fighter jet over to Japan. They could have got her to the Super Bowl in like an hour. Yeah, it would need put her it. up in one of those like uh, uh, the B two or something like that. I mean, with the F-35, like I'm pretty sure she'd probably have to like. Refuel mid-flight a couple times, but that's the great thing about living in the United States. We have a string of islands that we defended against the Japanese in World War II, on, no, which, you, on which we have bases with planes that can take off and fill up that F-35 we've already Yes, we've already solved this. We got the multiple planes just blowing emissions out of them. That's right. Fueling the other plane in the air while Taylor Swift is in there you know, doing whatever you do on a short trip from Japan to... Did you see the... the fucking, Las Vegas, Nevada. The, like... It was like the Japanese government released a statement We saying, will make sure that she's there on like, time. Like, no, we have looked into this and Taylor will be able to return in time for the Super Bowl. That's right. This is an international yeah. fucking problem. We need to fix this. And it could be very fixed very easily if, you know, during the anthem, Taylor Swift flies over in a fighter jet like yeah. Tom Cruise. Airdrop. Yeah. And she parachutes down, yeah. Yeah. She pulls the eject button. Oh, America would go wild for that. Yeah. Licking Hole Brewery. <laughs> Licking Hole Brewery in Goochland closes indefinitely while owner deals with health issues. I mean, yeah, if you're down in Goochland, Licking Hole, you will have some health issues if you're not careful. The, so there you go. This is in the United States, right? I believe so. This is this really gives a lot of British places a run for their money. It does. Yeah, you don't see names like this around Goochland these parts. Goochland. Yes. Licking Hole. Yeah. Very cool. I want to go to the Licking Hole Brewery. I do too. Yeah. I'll lick some hole in Goochland. <laughs> Goochland. But it's closed because. Well, only indefinitely. It could open yeah. up at any time, and with all this amazing press, I'm sure that people are going to be eager to get some Licking Hole Brewery. Yeah. Goochland t-shirts. Uh, I hope all the locals are able to curb their cravings for licking hole while this is happening in Goochland. Uh, please send us a t-shirt. Hawaii Supreme Court declares Second Amendment infringes on the spirit of aloha. They also quoted the wire yes. in their... Uh, Them's was the old days. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, this is fucking interesting. Like, we're living in crazy times where the states... States uh, are... are states are putting their foot down and declaring sovereignty and Lots of different ways that yeah. we're seeing. Obviously, uh, Texas and Florida doing their thing. Hawaii is doing something very interesting where they're essentially saying, like, we reject the, like, originalist argument that the Supreme Court makes. Um, it doesn't matter. But 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 we will. We, they've come up with their own sort of legal uh, doctrine, which is basically is just like, this is Hawaii. So nothing that George Washington or Thomas Jefferson thinks is fucking relevant yeah. at all yeah. to us. Uh, what is much more relevant is the spirit of aloha. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I, you know, I'm into this. 
Basically, called the Kamehameha Clause. Yeah, like, I mean, uh, the history of Hawaii is uh, very, it's fucking, it's messed up. Yes. And, um, yeah, it's, it's a colony that... Uh, they bashed that Captain Cook's brains in and he deserved it. He did. He did. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, I mean, they're, they're out there. And, like, I've always thought, like, I mean, Hawaii, being part of the U.S. in some way is a mutually beneficial relationship. But they, they need to be, they need to be their own thing. They need to be some sort of, like, autonomous, uh, they, they need to be in control of, like, fucking everything except for the most important stuff. Mm-hmm. Because it makes no fucking sense. That shit's in the middle of the ocean. Um, it's a like. It's never gonna happen it, because it, it's it literally a, whole... a strategic military uh, place. Right, but uh, I mean, unfortunately for them, the U.S. is gonna be like, "Oh, I'm sorry." Yeah, no. This. They make the they they can cut a deal where like yeah, I wish it was true. You can but... keep Pearl Harbor here, but like we get to be like essentially our own country within the United States. That would be great. Meanwhile, you know, all those bases are just dumping fucking hazardous chemicals. Yeah, they're not happy about that. That is not Aloha at all. No, that's... But also, I mean, if you're in fucking Honolulu, like, what are you doing? Just the shittiest, worst place. Well, it's it's, it's where all housing is. Right, but you're like, you're like five miles from paradise, and you're in just like this crowded, loud, hot city. Stinks. It's where the housing is. It's full of fucking... 18-year-old Navy guys getting shit-faced off of Mai Tais. But you just, you get right outside of town. You're like, oh my God, is this heaven? Well, that's the thing is you don't, you you leave your apartment every once in a while and just go enjoy the actual natural beauty. That's what yeah. you, you would presumably be there for. But it, It's all about the spirit of aloha, folks. Yeah. The spirit of aloha comes above all else. And that's why no guns. It's it's a concealed carry uh, is what they're going after, but they but that's what they're going after with this. But they they just said they're like none of this shit really applies to us. Yeah, we're our own thing, Hawaii, and they are. Mm-hmm. Airline starts weighing passengers at the gate. <laughs> Welcome to Claim Jumper Airlines. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you big boy over there, come over here and step right up. Hey, hoss. Oh, we're taking bets. Sweet. <laughs> <laughs> All right, what'd you say? You said uh, 200, let's see. Oh, here you go. Good guess there, buddy. All right, get on the plane, fatso. (laughs) There was a report, like, uh, they were talking about how, like, because of Ozempic, like, the airlines are actually going to see more money and less emissions because uh, just, uh, you know, half of the airplane weighing 10 pounds less is a significant, yeah. And you times that times however many flights a day. Yeah, the, uh, there was a Ozempic report recently where it's like doctors are kind of annoyed. They're like, Ozempic is actually a fucking miracle drug for like diabetes and other illnesses. And like the fact that it's known exclusively as like the weight loss drug is a big problem. Because mm-hmm. that's not also, what it was designed for. Apparently it also works for, they're, they're testing it on like gambling addiction, like any, any yeah. kind of addictive kind of thing. It's very interesting. but. Uh, yeah. Now they're not going to be able to charge fat people for two seats. Yep. That was where so all who's the money losing was. money now? Moroccan hashish suppliers boycott Israeli dealers over Gaza war. This is like the actually the most uh, high profile example of the BDS movement in action. Mm. Previously, it's just like a couple dozen college students in the entire U.S. like refusing to buy certain brands of yogurt. This is. The hashish growers of Morocco refusing 
to send hash into Israel, which will, and apparently is, having a noticeable effect on the drug market yeah. there. So I think that's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Don't do it. They, yeah, they, they interviewed, <laughs> they interviewed like one of the, one of the hash guys in Morocco. He's like, these people, they want us to sell them drugs when they're killing our brothers and sisters in Gaza? I don't think no, so. It is not right. The money we lose is nothing compared to the suffering being experienced Good by our them. Palestinian brothers and sisters. Yeah. yeah. It's, you know, they're, they're drug, they're running a drug racket that is uh, an international, part of an international organized crime problem, but they, they have a conscience where it matters. Even we have morals. Yeah. Even I, a Moroccan hash grower. And apparently the Moroccan economy is like, the cash is, it's illegal there, but it's like a huge chunk of the economy. Yeah. Like everyone in like politics and law enforcement just like takes bribes because they know. They're like, we can't make this legal, but also like this country is kind of fucked if we don't mm-hmm. export weed all around the world. Speaking of the uh, the Israel stuff, like Joe Biden was like, ah, they're going over the top. Brother, you are the one funding them. Yeah. My brother in Christ. <laughs> You've sent them, got like how many billions of dollars in aid over the past three or four months? Mm-hmm. It'd be your damn self. But he probably forgot. He that probably he forgot that. that he was doing. Yeah. yeah. God, who's giving them all this money? I'm gonna find the guy <laughs> responsible for this, Jack. <laughs> Too hot to cuddle. Build a bear's adult line leaves some blushing. Tee hee hee. Tee hee hee. Or are they dressed up in like leathers and stuff? Yeah, they got a little bear penis. Uh, bear penis, he said. No, they don't. Well, that that's congressman I, is going to shoot one of these things. That's what I was expecting. I, I went to the site, and I was expecting, like, full hog and balls, mm-hmm. and maybe some titties, and a big ass. Nope, that build bear is just on crack. No, it's like, uh, they're like Valentine's gifts, so they got, like, one that's sort of Hugh Hefner wearing, like, a silk robe and some, like, silk Bill Bear did not get boxers. The they, postmortem notes about uh, Hugh Hefner. It, well, it's not you know, it's not Hugh Hefner, yeah. but it's that it's that aesthetic. And then there's a there's like a lion called Zaddy Lion. We've got a shirt that says Zaddy. Damn. And then the girl the girl bears have like bottles of wine. So not for kids. I do love that they specifically did not lean to any into any furry shit. They're like, yeah. we got to be really careful about this. Yeah. The because way that, it's going to get too popular. The way this was getting described, like I was expecting, like full penetration. Well, but... I mean, look at the people that are that complain about everything in the country. Uh, a simple bear with a bottle of wine is going to make them blush. They can't even look at a, a book, the spine of a book in a library, without burning it, for, for yeah. giving everyone impure thoughts. You think a fucking bear with like a brazier is gonna, not going to make them blush? Yeah, that's true. They probably have a heart attack. Oh. <gasps> Oh, luckily I still have my fainting couch. Yeah. Anyways. the old fainting couch. That is it for this week's episode of Weekly Weird News. We will be back after the superb owl. Reddit. You're Reddit. (laughs) But if you want to hear more Reddit copypasta, head over to our last video (laughs) and check out Elliot doing a a wonderful rereading of the Will Wheaton post (sighs) about a Muppet. And uh, yeah, enjoy the, the big game. And El Partido we'll, Grande. And we, we will see you next week for more episodes. Like the video. Click the like button. Do it right now. Click it. Click it. It's Super Bowl weekend. You got nothing going on. Subscribe. Hit the subscribe button. Subscribe. Click the join button. Become a member. And you your comment gets elevated. It's pretty cool. Check all that stuff. Like the video. And now watch our other videos. We got we got News Dump, which has the, the Will Wheaton thing and a bunch more. We got Adam Newman's back. He's trying to buy WeWork back. Hello, Newman. And we'll see you soon. Bye. Bye.